each one is on their own unique journey. There's no formula for the queer character. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday and welcome to the Geek Squared Show, the show where we talk about the things that we talk about. My name's Emma. And I'm Tilly. And as it is June, we're here. I'm queer. We are going to be revisiting one of our previous topics from last year because we just enjoyed the two episodes too much. We are going to be revisiting our favorite LGBT characters and our episode entitled Allegory. And those are episodes 13 and 14 of season one. If you would like to go listen to those for the first time or revisit them, this is just going to be a continuation of those because so many things have been released in the past year that we didn't get to talk about. And we have characters and concepts from the past that just didn't make the episodes. There's there's so much going on right now and it's great. So we are just going to revisit some of the allegory and LGBT characters that we have not talked about yet. Starting with the super popular Heartstopper, both graphic novel and now a Netflix series. I have very little to say about this because I don't want to give it away for anybody who has it on their watch list or is partway through it. I highly recommend it if it is on your watch list that you, you know, bump it up to the next spot because it is great. It's a very positive queer series because of the way it captures the queer experience, I feel. A lot of queer films and series that have been released in the past still cater to a cishet audience. It'll be like one queer character surrounded by all their straight friends and they have to suffix some traumatic event. And then maybe, maybe at the end we might get a kiss. That's it. We don't really get to see a whole lot of relationships. But with Charlie and Nick, we see their relationship blossom right from episode one. And there's a variety of queer characters that they are friends with and they go to school with. There's trans characters who are not burdened with traumatic experiences. They just get to celebrate their queerness. And that is a whole new step in queer film and TV that we are getting into more and more these these past few years. So highly recommend it. If you haven't watched Heartstopper yet, it's, it's just a good show all around. It's Stranger Things without the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Stranger Things, my first character here is Robin Buckley. I love Robin. She is just the most like chaotic... <laughs> weirdo. Yeah, they've really uh, fleshed out her character in the past season. Mm -hmm. Season three, she was a little more reserved due to the fact that she was very much in the closet. She's really she's only come out to Steve so far. Again, she's one of those characters that hasn't had to suffer trauma. Mm. Rega regarding <laughs> Hold on now. <laughs> this has, whole show is she, trauma. So right. let's just. <laughs> she's just out here living her best life. Well, can you really live your best life in Hawkins? She went from scooping ice cream to fighting demons. <laughs> <laughs> the wit on this the, girl yes. is insane anytime she's in the room where people are trying to figure something out there's always something that she says that's just like oh ding and yeah. then everyone's like oh <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely my favorite character in this current season we shouldn't say too much because it just came out the same geek tinder but like robins of the world hit me up like she's great <laughs> she is so great <laughs> i think the the beauty of the way they've done robin is the fact that She's just her. Yeah. And not to get into Stranger Things too much, because we will be doing an episode about it in the future. But that is the beauty of these multi-layered characters we get from Stranger Things. Not only is Robin like that, every single character in Stranger Things oh, is yeah. like it's that. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. So it's it's really nice to see that they kept that form. They weren't just like, oh, here's some representation. And Robin's of the world hit me up. 
another show that's kind of been on the back burner for a while, but hopefully it will come back from another for another season is Big Mouth. It is a very stupid but very important show. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Kroll really outdid himself. Yeah, not only writing half the thing, but voicing eighty percent of the cast. Um, it just fearlessly talks about things that people don't ever want to talk about, especially as a teen or a young adult or a parent for that matter. Puberty to sex to mental health to sexuality to racism, and it does all of this. First of all, it does all of this. That in itself is amazing. And it does so in a non-threatening way. Mm-hmm. And it does it like fluently as well. Yeah, it doesn't seem like, oh, we shouldn't be talking about this. It seems like, hey, let's bring this conversation to the table, which I really, really appreciate. However, if you are a parent listening to this right now, please watch the show yourself first because it is a wild it is ride. Not for- kids under the age of like 11 well every kid is different it may not be for you or for your child so if you are a parent don't be like hey emma told me the show is great and every kid should be watching it i'm not saying that it is very polarizing and every kid is ready for certain things and some kids aren't ready for that so please use your discretion and and watch it beforehand anyway the thing i love about big mouth is like it's funny and it's crude for sure but it addresses these very real social stigmas and a lot of that has to do with the lgbtq community and young people discovering who they are and discovering their own identities And, you know, it's not one of the things that it brings up in the first season, I believe, is that it's not a bad thing to experiment. Like, you don't have to put a hard label on yourself right away. To live is to experience. Yeah, exactly. I I know I'm not attaching a certain character to this big mouth umbrella because it's all of them. Like, all of them have different experiences. It's their kids. They have experiences. And they have different friendships with different people and different kind of relationships with different people. Each one is on their own unique journey. There's no formula for the queer character. We Geek Squared are committed to Hollywood overthrowing the archetype bullshit. Give us some real human beings, yeah, please. Yeah, and that's what I like about Big Mouth is that as wacky as some of the characters are, weird isn't always bad. I feel like there's been shows like that, but they were just like so ahead of their time. Either ahead of their time or it was done with the wrong tone. The yes. right intention, the wrong tone. Big Mouth is very educational. <laughs> And I like it. <laughs> it's pretty freaking good. Yeah. Going from a, a bit more of a gory show, not so verbally vulgar. 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 <laughs> I'm a vulgar. Vulgar. The Walking Dead. Today, specifically, I would like to talk about Aaron. I love Aaron. The whole journey of like meeting Aaron when he comes and finds Rick and the gang. Yeah, because he's like a uh, recruiter. recruiter for the settlement of Alexandria. He's a part of he's the core cast like right one now. of the only ones left. Yeah, yeah, because they did a whole time jump and now yeah. there's a bunch of new characters, but he has remained one of the core cast members. Since and now he's got season like six. I think that was five. Five? five. I wanted to say five, but I thought that was that's a when Alexandria early. started because okay. that's when they left Terminus and all that. Yeah, so that's a long time. Like they're on season it's, ten. Yeah, right it's now. been a long time. Mm-hmm. But the thing I like about Aaron the most is that he's well spoken. He's uh-huh. badass. He's super intelligent. Yeah. He's not only like intellectual, but like emotional intelligence. Like yeah. he's anytime there's any conflict, like he's there and he's like, let's all just relax Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i just love the way he has affected the show in that way every voice of reason so far has had like something a little bit wrong with them Mm -hmm. aaron i don't feel like there is anything yeah i feel like he's just very diplomatic he's just trying to do whatever is is best not always correct yeah he just wants the best for he wants the best for the people for the everybody he speaks for everybody including everybody yeah and it's a different kind of tension because it it doesn't have to do with our society it is very metaphorical because if he were like here today then he would be fighting for a completely different reason Mm -hmm. but he would still have to fight yeah i would love to see background on aaron and see him like 
at a rally or yeah, something. Yeah, like you like could totally see him like, as that yeah, kind of person. Yeah, 100%. Also, it's very inspirational to see him, again, it's a it's a metaphor because LGBT themes, there is usually a history of trauma or we see the trauma on screen or on the page, whatever it may be. And he has suffered, like he lost his boyfriend, he lost his hand, he's lost a bunch of friends, but now he has a daughter now. He's a single dad, he's important in his community. So that is also very inspiring to see. It's not like he is just constantly suffering. Yes. He's actually prospering. There's actual growth. Yes. Since we have gotten into metaphors a little bit here, I would like to talk about a very, very brief moment. Like I'm talking 10% of the overall story in Pokemon Legends of Arceus. Bruh. <laughs> but it, this is perfect. You know exactly where I'm going with this. The Wurple's Evolved mission, and it is one of the easiest, and it's a side mission, but it presents itself to you right away. So you, like, everybody's done this Wurple Evolved mission, unless you just didn't give the guy a Wurple. For those of you who know nothing about Pokemon or haven't played the game, I will break it down for you. Uh, you walk up to a man, and he asks you to bring him a Wurple, because he really wants to own a Beautifly, which is what Wurple evolves into. It's the third form. Wurple has two different evolutions for its second form and its third form. At random, it can't be affected by the player at all. A Wurmple can evolve into either a Silcoon or a Cascoon. So it evolves from the worm or caterpillar into the cocoon. And then there are also two third evolutions. From the Silcoon, it evolves into a Beautifly. And from a Cascoon, it evolves into a Dustock. So Butterfly or a Moth. So when you bring him a Wurmple, he's super excited and he's like, should I name it Beautitia? The most whack name yeah. is Bugene. Should I name it Beautitia, Bugene, or Beautifrid? Shout out to all my Beautifrids out there. <laughs> Uh, you help him pick a name and then you you leave. That's the mission for now. When you're about halfway through the game, you return to the man and he's like, yo, look at friggin' let's say Bugene. We both went with Bugene, so I'm gonna use that. He's like, yo, look at Bugene here, looking so great. Gonna turn into a beautiful fly one day. And then all of a sudden, Bugene evolves. So the Wurmple evolves into what he thinks is a Silcoon and it goes, Cass! So it's a Cascoon. But he, he still thinks, he it's, still thinks it's a Silcoon. And then sometimes later in the game, Bugene evolves again into a Dustox. But he's not mad about it. He literally says, I love you no matter what. The fact that it's also like a cocoon thing. Yeah, it's a cocoon, it's like a cocoon the, it's to a moth. Yeah. Literal transformation, literal transition. And I don't know if Nintendo meant to draw that parallel, but it is certainly there. It is a very clear coming out story from my perspective. Who would have thought? Pokemon. Another brief one here, because we don't really know much so far. I put America Chavez here. Is it confirmed in the movie not in the mcu okay yet but i didn't think so in the marvel comic series she is. yes she is a queer character so we see uh we see her moms obviously being her moms <laughs> yeah not not only are they queer characters they're a queer couple with a child with child which is very rare which to see in films nice. right now but becoming more common it's cool to see gay moms in marvel we now have a super gay a super gay who may be super gay multi-dimensional gay <laughs> yes <laughs> excited for the future with yeah. that one there's not a whole lot to say about the yeah, present I'll come back to this one next year I have two quick ones as well. I categorize them under the same category, which I said trans and non-binary characters presenting themselves straight away. So important. We got a very niche character. Rachel from We're So Bored, if you're listening, what's good? Petrichor from Saga. Saga is a comic book. It's by Brian K. Vaughn. After Rachel mentioned that on our podcast. We read all of it yeah, all at once. <laughs> I read it all in like w less than a month. You are currently... I'm like halfway through. Yeah, you're currently reading the series. So I'm not going to say too much, just not to spoil it for you. And for anybody who does want to read the series, highly, highly recommend, recommend it. it. We're going to do an episode on it eventually. So Petrichor, Saga is all 
shock value. Our main character, the narrator, runs right into Petrichor in a communal shower. And our character is is a kid under 10 years old, I want to say at this point. The first thing she says to her is, I'm paraphrasing here, but she says, are you a girl? Because you have parts like my dad. Petrichor, who is not of a human species, so they have sort of a primitive way of speaking. She points to her head and says, I be girl in here. And I honestly thought Petrichor was just going to be a character in passing. Here's a display of trans allyship. No. She becomes one of the main characters. It's volume seven. Saga is now coming out with what is going to be volume 10. So she has been a mainstay for a lot of issues now. I love it. She's one of my favorite characters now. She's just flourishing and living her best life. Every character in Saga suffers their own kind of trauma. It is a very brutal world. But a main theme of Saga is actually found family. Very relevant to the queer community. Which, by the way, is an insane family. Yeah. Like, the most interesting form of unity I have ever seen or read. The nice thing about it is that if you do want to start it after hearing about all this, the first issue is free on Apple Books. If you're on the fence, you barely have to do any work. If you would like to get into it now, we're not doing the episode until October, so now would be a great time to get into it and enjoy with us. Anyway, the other character I have in this umbrella of non-binary and trans characters presenting them right away is Taylor Mason from Billions. Gotta admit, I don't watch Billions, but I saw the Taylor Mason character introduction scene, which was seemingly like any other character introduction series, with the exception of they confidently stand in front of the the main character, who is the CEO of this multi-billion dollar corporation, and they say, hello, I'm Taylor, my pronouns are they, them, and theirs, without prompt just saying, these are my pronouns. And I was like, wait, the whole pronoun normalization, that needs to happen in social settings. Many people might say, why? It doesn't regard me. I'm obviously a man or I'm obviously a woman, implying that said person's pronouns are obvious. Cis people stating their pronouns and being comfortable with doing so, hearing others say their pronouns and inviting others to say their pronouns is going to pave the way. You may have never questioned your gender. Having that confidence and it not affecting you in any way, like you don't feel like, oh, I need to be brave and come out and say this. That is going to catch. Confidence catches. Casual confidence catches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Triple C. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Casual confidence catches. There was a level of understanding the importance of pronouns when Instagram introduced the ability to add your pronouns in your bio, which I think everybody should do, by the way. It just reinforces the need for pronouns. And if it's a minor adjustment that could make a major impact on someone else, why not do it? It's the time. No time like the present for that to happen. You know what? You couldn't have said it better myself. No time <laughs> like the present. However, this doesn't translate to every person's unique situation. If you are unsure, if you want to take some time to figure it out, if it's unsafe. When I say put your pronouns in your bios, I am speaking to the general public, but I am not speaking to everybody. And if you do want to take some time and figure it out, I'm not saying it needs to be done today. Put your pronouns in your bio when you feel comfortable. So Susan and Carol from Friends. Yeah. Very like not even in the show that much. Like Thank maybe you. ten episodes. Thank you for this. Because it's a sitcom. The sitch, the situation. Although Ross and Susan and character Car- Carol's relationship is not great. It is not. Ross annoys me so much. You know, there's there's things to like about Ross. The way he treats his ex-wife and her wife are not one of them. I think it was just nice to see that both sides of the parents had a good relationship with their kid. 
Yes, with their kid. That that is key. The way that Ross treats Susan and Karen questionable, is, like is highly questionable. Highly questionable. I would even say that it is just like straight up unacceptable. And honestly, some of the things that he says to his kid are a little questionable too. Yes. <laughs> but they are as a unit raising this kid. At the time that Friends came out, there wouldn't have been a whole lot of people who saw that kind of dynamic. Exactly. So to see that it can exist in a healthy way. As many stupid things happen in Friends. Yeah. That wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, like we have to look at it retrospectively. It was the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My next one, we're, we're getting close to the end here. It's actually two different forms of media encompassing the same themes. Luca, Pixar's Luca, and Animorphs. Do you remember Animorphs? I never read them. I never read them either. I did some research. They seem pretty cool. I kind of almost want to read them. Honestly, the uh, <laughs> the book covers kind of freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> they were a little jarring to like, just see like... Because uh, it's bad CGI. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, it's weird. They get the kids to like do weird poses. And <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's like, yeah. stop. This is very niche. If you have no idea what we're talking about, I'll get into it. Don't worry. So Luca, that is the more popular one. Not so niche. Despite what Pixar has said, the movie perfectly portrays the young queer experience, if you ask me. Luca tells a story of these... Two boys, Luca and Alberto, who hide their true identity to enjoy the experience of living with, quote, ordinary people in this small Italian fishing village. Coming of age, adventure of a lifetime type film. And the monsters that they truly are, are both feared and shunned by most of the villagers, which can translate to homophobia or transphobia, except for Julia, who becomes part of their core trio. And the three of them eventually become this found family. The cherry on top of this theme is that at the end of the movie, when Luca and Alberto reveal themselves to everyone as these sea monsters, there's these two inseparable old ladies that had always been in the background for comedic effect or just to like be there to fill the space. And and they reveal themselves also to be sea monsters. They live among us, man. I'm one of them. I live among you. <laughs> uh, similarly, Animorphs, the preteen novel series by K.A. Applegate. Similar to Luca in a whole lot of ways. It follows various young teens with the ability to transform into animals once they touch said animal to acquire their DNA. The catch is that they have to transform very quickly. If they take more than an hour to complete their transformation, they'll get stuck as the animal that they transform into for the rest of time. One of the most intriguing side stories is this kid, Tobias, took too long to transform into a falcon and got stuck as a falcon. And there- That is the opposite of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but there are paragraphs and paragraphs of these books he spent lamenting over the fact that his mind does not match his body. Mm. Hundreds, and I'm saying hundreds, of non-binary and trans people have said that Animorphs gave them the language and a way to express their feelings that they may have never discovered otherwise. Preteen 11 to 13, when you're struggling with things like gender norms and societal pressures and all these things start presenting themselves, they were now given this character to identify with. Even though it may not have been a trans metaphor, it read as such, literally. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have said before, and I will continue to say, it is such a great thing to give young people the language to express themselves because otherwise it's isolating. Kids don't have the the language to express their gender identity, but being able to identify... Especially back when those were, like, being Yeah, written. exactly, in the early 2000s. Before, uh, well, I guess before social media, really. Yeah, That's kind of what, like, yes. really boosted everything yes. into, into, into wokeness. Particularly Tumblr and TikTok, queer community on those two platforms, <laughs> booming. Yeah, before they, before people had the means of 
accessing that online community, giving characters that kids can identify with, it honestly really is one of the easiest ways of communication. If a kid sees a character on a Disney movie and they're like, that's me, done, communicated. Yeah. You as an adult can understand that. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a really good point. Because yeah. then the adult can like actually use their adult brain and like infer everything. Exactly. And, like, Speak the same language, man. Boom, done. Now, last year, I did include someone from this show. Like, how can I deny the fact that the longest running gay character on any show needs to be talked about? I'm talking about Grey's Anatomy, the show with like 50 bajillion seasons. <laughs> so no wonder it's the longest running. <laughs> Like, I think just by default, anyone in that show is the longest running character of yeah. any of that archetype, whatever it is. But anyways, but anyways, anyways, talking about Calliope Torres. She is bi, right? She is bi, yes. Yeah. And her ex-wife, Callie's an orthopedic surgeon and Robbins is a pediatric surgeon. Now, it gets a little complicated, though, because before Callie met Robin, she had relations with a character named Mark and Mark and Callie have a kid together. But Callie did not know she was pregnant until she had already met Robin. This I did not know. Hmm. Oh my. <laughs> so it becomes this little family. Yeah, a unit. Where there is some tension, obviously, oh, between, obviously. Yeah. between Robin's and, and Mark. So they find a way to work with it. Ah. And it all ends up being really great. Eventually, unfortunately, Mark dies. Oh, that infamous plane crash. And we're not here to talk about Mark. I gotta I gotta shed my tears another day. But <laughs> Robin's freaking gets her leg chopped off. Not only did the child have to go through the separate parents, Mark and Callie, but then also her and Robin split up. And Robbins oh, goes off wow. into, sorry, I have that wrong. Callie goes off to New York. Okay. Kids going back and forth all the time. And there's oh like, and that is where it really, really, really highlights. Like, this is like the friends thing that mm -hmm. I was saying, but like way more in depth. Yeah. This is just like a better version of the friends dynamic. Essentially, the, the friends yes. Parental Essentially, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, almost tit for tat. But it was, it was nice to see a young kid, like a really young kid, like I think under the age of 10, have a, have multiple conversations with multiple adults. Oh, yeah. Whether, multiple whether it's, like life is hard, man. Life, life is, is hard. so friggin' hard. Yeah. Do your best. <laughs> All right. Last character. Potential spoilers for Umbrella Academy seasons two and three. If you have not seen season two and you have not seen any promotion for season three and are trying to stay away from it. Victor Hargreaves. So we we previously knew Victor as Vanya. Similarly, we also knew Elliot Page as a different name. He transitioned. At the time, a lot of people were questioning, is Vanya also going to transition? And I think both the writers and Elliot Page himself said, I don't see the need for that. Based on that information, the fact that Elliot saw no reason for Vanya to transition and possibly the writers as well. I don't know if that is like confirmed, confirmed if they came out and said that. But the fact that they saw no reason for Vanya to transition initially and then decided he is going to come out as Victor Hargreaves in season three at some point. That's huge. I'm super excited for that. And everyone was just like, yes! <laughs> to have Victor the character transition along with the actor is absolutely huge, especially when they initially said, like, there's no reason for this. It's actually the perfect character as well. Yes. It just kind of like reinforces the fact that Vanya's entire life, Victor's entire life, was like all about suppression. The meds, the room, the powers, like everything was about suppression. Yes. Every every sibling had their powers, except for Victor. At the time, I saw that for a metaphor for puberty. Some people oh, are yeah. early bloomers. Yeah. Some people are late bloomers. Retrospectively, we can go back and say, hey, that is also like someone coming out later in their life. As I was saying earlier, it is so huge for the show to have the character transition with the actor. Elliot 
it seems, was willing to keep playing a woman. Obviously, as soon as Elliot came out, like, that was essentially everyone's, like, first question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he is currently in the series still. Now, because Victor has also transitioned alongside Elliot Page, there's no disconnect between the character he is playing and himself. Mm -hmm. And there doesn't have to be a disconnect between the character and himself for the audience. Also, there doesn't have to be any diminishment in this guy's pure trans joy. He actually looks so happy. Like, yeah, like you can see. The guy just exudes trans joy. And I would hate for that to be diminished or I would hate for anything to be taken away from that. Now he doesn't have to worry about anything like he had top surgery. Now he doesn't have to worry about hiding that. If he's on T or if he starts T, he doesn't have to worry about voice changing. He doesn't have to worry about being dysphoric about the character that he's playing. Like there's no layer of awkward. There's no Mm -hmm. layer of hiding behind anything. There's no layer of discomfort. It's just he gets to be who he is. His character gets to be who he is. And those are intermingled. And that is so huge because the whole team on on this show is just embracing Elliot Page and embracing Victor Hargreaves, where historically coming out as trans could have been the end of Elliot Page's career. He is at the height of his career right now. I can't I don't even have the words for that. That is like we have a long way to go but we've made such progress as just an audience of these shows. Audience holds so much power. And the fact that we are supporting Elliot Page and the fact that we are supporting Victor Hargreaves is, wow, I don't have words. It's wow. Freaking season three hasn't even come out yet and we already have this much to say. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) yeah. And that brings us to the end of another great episode of the Geek Squared Show. At least I hope it was great. Thank you for listening. This is the Geek Squared Show, the show where we talk about the things that we talk about. My name is Emma. I'm Tilly. Check our, our oh, yeah, link in the bio right. for all of our socials and for our Buy Me a Coffee. Fun of the Chaos. We love doing this. Yep. You guys can help out. Love doing it even more. Also, if you can venture out to a Pride event hosted by your town or city, do so and spread the love and have a great day. Like that, that was a whole, that was a, a meta. I saw that at, I, <laughs> at the time. <laughs> Free chicken, chicken, boom, boom. <laughs> at the time, I saw that for a meta, meta, at the time. <laughs>